Dose of Leadership podcast, episode 77. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. It means a lot to me. Before we get started on the, the interview, I'd like to pass along some of the services that I can provide you and your organization. You know, leadership is the difference maker and the deal breaker. You know how I feel about it if you're a regular listener on the show. I recently became a John Maxwell certified coach, teacher, and speaker. And with that, I can offer you workshops, seminars, keynote speaking, and coaching, helping you both personally and professionally through growth, through study, and practical application of John Maxwell's proven leadership methods. You know, I got over 25 years real-world practical leadership experience as a U.S. Marine Corps officer, professional pilot, corporate executive at the VP and director level, and you know I'm passionate about leadership, and you know that I believe it's central to every aspect of our lives and that all our leadership challenges should be met with that lifelong dedication and pursuit of becoming calmer, confident, consistent, and courageous. So I'm looking forward to working together through accountability with you. To learn more, go to doseofleadership.com, click on the speaking and coaching menu item, and I look forward to hearing from you. Again, thanks for tuning into the show. Now here's the interview. Well, I'm excited to have on my show Jane Warlow. This is going to be a unique interview. I'm excited to hear what she has to say. She is the CEO of Jane Warlow International, it's a group of companies offering solutions to a number of clients. Max Executive Coaching is a collaborative coaching company working with senior executives across the globe, and Soul Energy specializing in intuitive energy development with entrepreneurs, coaches, and individuals, helping them to achieve accelerated results using energy and flow. As a coach, Jane has gained a reputation for exceptional coaching, combining a flair for strategic thinking with a passion for harnessing the client's own intuitive energetic power. She's passionate about using energy to drive change, enabling individuals to allow their intuition to step forward to heal themselves. Her unique skills have brought the transformational power of energetic healing into the C-level suites of leading global corporations, impacting not only the individual's but also the energetic flow of business through the organization. Well, that's very intriguing bio, Jane. Welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Thanks, Richard, and thanks so much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to speaking to you. <laughs> well, likewise, and you know, and, and I was reading this and studying up on you, and uh, wow, I've never, never approached anybody that's kind of you know approached leadership as uh, you know uh, with resonance like you do and intuition. So I'm very intrigued. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background before we dive into what you're actually doing now. Where did it all start for you? Sure. Well, I mean, um, I've got a background in psychology in terms of my graduate education and moved straight into leadership development as a consultant um, straight out of university and um, worked for a number of different um, large national organizations and then moved, because I was in England at the time, so moved then pan-European in my consultancy. Set up my first um, self-employed consultancy in 1996. And I think back then, if you'd have asked me what I did, I was very, what I would call straight line, black and white, you know, business school leadership development, everything that you'd expect from a full spectrum consultancy. So I have that rigor in my background. And then what I did, like the other world that I inhabited, if you like, my hobbies 
was all around energy, energetic healing. I was a body worker. I learned shiatsu. I learned some oriental medicine, became a spiritual healer. So I had these two worlds diametrically opposed, and I never thought the two would come together Mm. until in 2001, I had my youngest son gave birth to him. And during that birth, I sustained a massive medical injury. Now, this was to my bladder, my kidneys, and my spinal cord. I was also misdiagnosed for um, 11 months. And the outcome of what was a massive crisis meant that I had to sell my consultancy in London. And I lost my professional identity because I was so ill. I was bedridden for what was coming up to four years. Wow. Um, I was in I was in hospital a lot of that time, and because I'd sustained an injury, um, there really wasn't any medical precedent on the kind of different aspects of the injury that I'd sustained. And I was in a lot of pain, and I went through numerous surgeries, and nothing worked until I think it was early two thousand and four when I was finally told that not only was I never going to get better, I was never going to walk again, um, but also it would probably, the injuries would end up um, ending my life and that this particular consultant thought that by the year 2011, which is 10 years after the date of my original injury, my life was likely to end. And because of all the medical interventions that were coming um, that she could see in my kind of future, it meant that I'd end up with full organ failure and septicemia as a likely outcome. Oh, my gosh. So that was kind of um, a very unexpected and very traumatic journey. And at that point, you know, I was at a threshold in a way. I could either accept the diagnosis and continue on the track, you know, with the beliefs, agree with the beliefs that all the medical professionals seem to have around me, or I could look for an alternative. And when I say it like that, it sounds very logical. The experience of it at the time was almost like a crisis, but it became for me something I think of um, a spiritual journey and certainly an energetic one, because what I've what I decided was not to believe what everybody around me believed, which at the time was a bit ridiculous. And I decided I was going to take a different path. And I had nothing to lose, and I was going to explore alternative therapies, more energetic therapies, and really see if I could find a different way um, to back to life. And so that's what I did. And... It was interesting because I've already told you psychology was my background. Mm -hmm. And what it did for me was really, and I didn't know it at the time because I hadn't read any of the research then, but what I did was I decided I was well. And although that was was ridiculous because I was in a a hospital at the time, I was on drips, I was on morphine um, intravenously, that's how bad I was. (laughs) Um, And everybody around me was saying, you know, this this is not going to change. But I decided I was not going to be a victim of my illness and that I was going to do what I could to take this different path. And so I did. And it was a very slow journey back to health. And it was interesting because what happened was that through this journey, I, 
opened myself up to almost like a different reality. I really went into the energy and I learned that although I had an awful lot of knowledge in the leadership and the change management, you know, and all that business school background, and I had a lot of knowledge in the energy and the healing and the body work, I only knew it in my head. I wasn't embodying what I knew. Mm. And it was interesting because there was no clear path for me either. I had to be okay with the uncertainty and the ambiguity and the not knowing and keep stepping forward confidently, which, as you know, is a great skill for leadership. Mm -hmm. So this was part of what I learned through going through this journey. And then ultimately got back to a space where I was ready to go back to work. And I was called in by a client of a large global brand that I'd worked with before. And this um, global executive wanted coaching. He didn't know what I'd been through. And so I went in to see him. And I'm not joking, Richard, walking into this head office of this global brand was like, well, it was like walking into the living dead. Okay, I can't describe it any other way. I could feel my energy literally draining out of me as I walked through the open plan office to this executive corner office. Wow. And I looked around me and I thought, has, has corporate always been like this? And I've just never noticed, you know? And, and it was then that I realized my two worlds had to come together. Mm-hmm. I had to bring everything I'd learned about the free-flowing energies into the corporate space because it was time that not only leaders come alive, but that everybody that works within corporations actually comes alive. So that's how the two worlds came together. <laughs> that's an amazing story. I just, I, I just, I don't even know where to, to begin with that. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm awestruck that um, that you've kind of rebounded from that. So, what, what is the status of of um, the health and the healing of where you're at now? Um, I'm probably healthier than I ever was before. I now, and this might sound odd, but I now inhabit my body in a way that I didn't before. I need to now because I've healed to such an extent that everything's under control. I still get infections from time to time, but everything's under control, including pain. Um, And I still do get pain, but I don't really notice it at a conscious level anymore. And so I've done that through meditation practice, other energetic um, kind of exercises that I do on a regular basis that keep me and my physical energy in absolutely tip-top condition. So I'm very aware of my body. And the final piece in my healing, you know, if I'm perfectly honest, was I lived in England. That's a damp, wet climate. And Mm. according to Oriental Medicine, you don't live in a damp, wet climate if you have kidney and bladder issues. You live in in the heat, which is why I live in Florida. (laughs) So I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Gosh, that is great. That's just amazing. And it just shows you just evidence. And I think we all intuitive, anybody that studies human beings or interested in development and working yourself, how much, uh, you know, your mind is just infinitely powerful. We can't even tap into the, you know, we don't even fully realize what we're capable of. Most of us don't anyway. You are certainly tuned in and tuned into it more than most. But is it just, uh, God, it sounds so cliche, but mind over matter. I mean, is it, obviously it's, it's deeper than that and more than that, but educate me a little bit more about that process of sure. unleashing that kind of uh, power of the mind, I guess. 
Yeah, and, and it is more than that. Absolutely, it's more than that. And, and that's why I speak to resonance as a word, because nothing else sums it up in the, in the same way as resonance. And really, when, when I talk about resonance, you know, the beginning place for resonance is really how you show up, mm. how you show up to your world. And what I'm speaking to there is from a physical energetic perspective, how, how is your body, what kind of shape are you in, for example, and then from an emotional energetic perspective, and we now know that, you know, emotional intelligence, social intelligence are some of the key aspects now that define success in mm -hmm. leadership, but it is your emotional energy and how you manage that because your emotional field is very close to your physical field. Then it's your mental field as well and how, you know, what you think, what you spend your time thinking about. And then also more and more now with the way that the world is transforming is it's also coming into the spiritual energy, which is your connection to something bigger than yourself and ultimately your why for what you're doing in the world and, you know, what it is that motivates you, what makes you passionate to get out of bed in the morning. So when I talk about resonance from an internal resonance perspective, I'm really talking about how you're showing up. And those four things, I mean, we use the word authentic a lot, mm. but it's really about how in alignment, how attuned are you in your own energy field? Because we're all energy, you know? We're not, we're not necessarily living in the illusion now that I would say that it's just the physical world. We know now because science has caught up that we are more space than we are matter. So we're literally just an energy flow. So, you know, from a leadership perspective, it's not just about finding the money flow for your organization. It's also about knowing that at the very heart of it, you know, every person that works in your organization is energy flow. Hmm. So how do you work with it from that perspective? Very interesting. How do you, how do you, um, gosh, I can imagine you've worked with some C-level type executives. How do you mm -hmm. approach them? How do you get them to believe and buy into what you're saying? Because I'd imagine some of these individuals are fairly um, stoic in their approach to leadership. Absolutely. But I think one of the things that is, well, it's so incredibly exciting to me is the fact that the world is changing, you know, and anybody who works in the global marketplace knows this at a fundamental level. And the other thing that really helps is the fact that the old methods are no longer working in the global space. That, you know, you can't move into the global space in a command control style of leadership. It just doesn't work. Right. And so in many ways, the global space has been the opening for this work to really come in and flourish. And the other side of it, for people with a very left-brained way of approaching their leadership, you know, what we now know is that we're transitioning from, and I'm talking from a scientific perspective here, but we're transitioning from a mechanistic worldview to one that really recognizes the interconnectedness and the energy, if you like, of all life that's around us. And, you know, it's really about understanding this from a leadership perspective. What does that mean? And we've now got scientific research because quantum physics is now showing this to be absolutely true. And it's cutting-edge science now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what we now know about communication, about energy, about consciousness, is really rapidly evolving in tandem, if you like, with the new quantum worldview that's emerging. So, 
you know, many of these leaders are facing transitional challenges, really, and complexity challenges in the global space. And they're finding that the way they've been doing things just doesn't work anymore. And the big reason for that, I believe, is, you know, we, another word we bandy around a lot is global. But global is a very different space to, for example, international. Because when we go into a global space, it really doesn't matter where you did your MBA. It really doesn't matter the culture that you grow up in. Because it's really about how do we enter into a deep dialogue across cultures? How do we go beyond the languaging, beyond the ontology and the worldview that we've grown up with? All those things that we take for granted in our own national culture, how do we go beyond that and have what might be considered to be a radical conversation, which is how do we connect with somebody else from a very different perspective, from a very different worldview? And for a lot of these global leaders, there's a lot riding on that. You know, it could be huge negotiations, it could be money, but it's also how do we develop these relationships and connections in a way that's sustainable? And the way to do it is to really understand the energy flow and to be open to a more collaborative style of leadership, which is also more intuitive. But it also speaks to things like awareness. You know, how aware of you of your own self and how you do show up with all those limitations of your own culture and languaging and, and even mindset. You know, and then how much do you embody, which is the resonance piece, you know, what the message is that you're bringing to this different culture and how do you connect and how do you open yourself without the attachments you know it's more like in some ways and this is probably going a little too deep into it but it's the difference between Newtonian physics as an ontology or a worldview and quantum physics so Newtonian physics taught particles and this is what we've all grown up with in our education system especially in the West we've learned that we're almost like particles where we know them, we can define them, they're clear, you know, and we can point to them, we can touch them, there's a particle, there's a piece of work, there's what we're doing, and we get quite attached to that in our knowing. But the world now is calling for a different space, a different way of being, more like the quantum physics, more like the energy wave, mm -hmm. which is to move away from our knowing and yet still to be open and confident and you see the thing about a wave is it's an open flow so it allows other waves to join it in a collaborative space so that's also how I see the global you know how how do you open without attachment move away from your knowing if you like into this ambiguous space and yes it may be very complex but how do you do that with confident leadership how do you make sure your executive presence is aligned and attuned and aware? And then how do you enter into deep dialogue with somebody from a very different worldview and a very different culture? So, you know, the global space is great because people know they need to be doing something different. They just don't know what it is. And so once you start to get to the energy and the intuition and the awareness, you can start to connect to the humanity and the other person rather than just at an ego level. Yeah, well, I, I love what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot there, and my head's starting to hurt a little bit. But uh, 
Um, No, but it's great. And I think the the key, a couple of the key nuggets out there and some of the things that I've certainly come around to over the last few years, and I certainly talk about this at length on on the podcast. I mean, the authenticity piece, sure, but but it's it's the purpose, it's the value, it's the connection, it's it's being um, really self-aware. I think a lot of the problems with leadership in any situation, I don't care if it's personal or professional, is being fully aware of in tune with yourself and what and what you're doing i think too often um if you look around we, we're just going through an autopilot just kind of reacting to like like pinballs in a machine you know bouncing off the next thing and we don't even know, know we're doing that right i mean we're not yeah. really fully yeah. engaged or tuned in to what is actually going on in this moment i think we're always looking too far ahead at um you know the next objective the next uh, goal and we're missing out on so many opportunities that exist you know the, the the and that's the great thing about really transformational change is that it, it begins the, the the circumstances you're in is the best best place to begin if you want to start improving mm-hmm. and um i think that's a lot of what you're saying right i mean am i in tune with with what you're saying so far it is. It is very much. You begin exactly where you are. And, you know, interestingly, a lot of people don't even know where that place is. They're not even in tune with exactly where they are or even Yeah, that's know, the autopilot. That's the pinball thing I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I- and, and the big question is also, you know, who is it that you want to become mm, as mm-hmm. a leader? Right. I think, um, yeah, who's the person you want to become? And uh, yeah. I, I, it's amazing, and I've been so passionate about leadership, but I, I've been caught kind of dead in my tracks. It's like, well, what what do you want to be? And wow, if you really have to start thinking about it, and you start defining who you want to end up being, and you start looking who are the people that you attract, you know, who are ma- who are magnetically attracted to you, and you start looking like, well, I don't really like these people that are attracted to me. Well, that's a reflection of yourself, really, you know. And so you gotta start yeah. looking at. Um, who do you want to be? What do you want to change? And um, it can be painful and scary. But So what are some practical steps that we can do? I mean, you talk about this energy. I mean, I suppose some people out there or people who are skeptical of this, you know, they're, they're in their mind, you know, they picture you going into this, you know, CEO's office and you're lighting incense and you got hot stones and you're doing all this stuff and you're telling them, you know, <laughs> it's surely not that. So how do you tap into what are the, some practical steps a guy like myself who who loves what you're saying, but how do I yeah. tap into this energy flow that you're talking about? Right. Well, one of the things that I often talk to my clients about is I talk about the learning field. Okay. So one of the first things that I would ever get people to do in terms of raising awareness is, is just really to consider your own learning field. So if you visualize a field in front of you for a moment, Richard, and on the, I don't know, on the on the left-hand side, this is the place where you know, okay? So on this side of the field is your knowing. And in many ways, this is your comfort zone. This is what I talked about in terms of the particle, okay? And then, you know, if you look to the other side of the field on the right-hand side, things are very different over there. So the first question really is to really work out, you know, where are you? Where do you feel most comfortable and, and how far across the field are you willing to go? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the other thing about working with energy is it's not about pushing. It's not about pushing out into the space. It's not about pushing out in your leadership. It's about being very highly attuned to the normal give and flow, the rhythms, if you like. 
of life um, and leadership and organizational life, you know. So it's really knowing your own rhythms and how far across that field you're willing to go because right on the other side, on the right-hand side, is the edge of your learning. That's where you don't know. That's where you've got really, it's, it's almost like walking across the field is where you unlearn because you're actually hardwired for resonance. We're all born resonant. But through our education, our socialization, we kind of lose it because we layer all these other things of who we think we should be on top of it. So the first thing is knowing how far across the field you're willing to walk. And be very honest with yourself about that because there's no point diving over to the edge of your learning if you're not going to feel comfortable there, you know, and just go over there and see what it's like over there. And, you know, you can come back and pick up all your stuff and your junk and go back to your comfort zone of knowing. That's fine. You can do that. <laughs> but it is about knowing where you lie on that spectrum. Mm. And then I guess my strap line is be radical, be real, be resonant. So going across the field is quite a radical thing to do. But what I'm also asking you here to do is to really attune to yourself, okay, which is become aware of your own energy. Now, a lot of corporate people are very aware of their physical energy, but become aware of what lies just beneath the surface for you. You know, develop your intuition, listen to your body, take responsibility for the energy you bring to any space, you know, which is, you know, are you going to radiate positive energy or are you just going to show up with whatever's going on for you at that moment? Be aware of how you're impacting other people, which is really emotional and social intelligence, right. but including yourself. Mm -hmm. The second thing in my strap line is be real, okay, because everybody reads everybody else's energy, whether they call it that consciously or not. We're all reading each other's energy. We know when we meet somebody who's like a bull in a china shop. We know when we meet somebody who's got a chip on their shoulder. We know all these things. So notice what's going on in your energy and notice where you're getting in your own way. There's a great metaphor that I use with clients, which is about opening and closing. Notice in your life where you can be fully real, where you can really express yourself fully, 100%. And when I first did this for myself, I was really shocked because I realized there wasn't really anywhere in my life that I could fully express myself 100%. Mm. And I was really shocked at that. I thought, well, wow, you know, I carry this work, I develop this work, and yet I don't have any space in my life. What's that about? So notice in your life when you are in environments or meetings or with certain people where your energy closes. And if you can't think about energy, think about your heart, because your heart opens and closes. Your heart energy does it a lot. So notice when you're with those people that, and you're, you feel your energy closing, because we all know what a closed heart feels like. Mm -hmm. And just notice how you do it by degrees, because actually we're all, we're all energy. And we're just not aware that this is what's happening to us. So it's just a, a different level of awareness. So get really real with yourself. Notice what charges you up. Notice what drains your energy. Notice what you're passionate about. And design your life and your leadership to support you. And then the third thing is be resonant. And what I'm really talking to there is not just the opening and closing, but the authenticity of just very simply you know, do what you say you will do when you say you will do it. You know, if you say you're going to show up and make a commitment, take 100% responsibility for yourself because that's a minimum for any leader. Nobody's going to be led by you if you don't embody your own message in your leadership. 
So really be honest with yourself. Don't fight yourself in internal conflicts. Be honest. Know where you are and where you're going. And if you commit to something, know how you feel about it, because that's a different part of your energy. Know what emotions arrive, how it affects you physically, and always connect to your why, the bigger reason why you're doing something. Okay, because this is your spiritual energy and it can inspire you into action when you're having to do something you don't want to do. And as leaders, we always get into those spaces. And remember, you know, you always have choice when you're on a resonant path. You can really decide at what level you engage with life. Yeah. You know, are you going to engage at the drama in the heavy energy at the bottom? Or are you going to engage at more of a leadership level where you're being authentic and expressing your truth and other people are excited and attracted and are coming along with you? Because that's ultimately what leadership's about. Yeah. Well, so, I love what you've said. I mean, a lot of, I took some notes here and, I, and I, I've been saying for quite some time that I think the key to a lot of successful leadership, a lot of to uh, successful personal growth lies within courageous authenticity and vulnerability, which is a lot of what you're yeah. talking about here. If you don't have those things, you don't have genuine leadership. And the other part that I, yeah. um, that you're kind of getting around to in, um, and I love talking about this in some of the mastermind groups we're talking, we, we brought this up there that at the core of all great leadership is love. And even in the most rough tumble, uh, austere, muddy bloody gross places you know love resonates and that's where the true leadership shines and that leadership is an act of love and um i love what you said about the radical piece because you know to get everybody always asks well how can i how can i increase my leadership level how can i how do i change that well you got to get out of your comfort zone and that's what you're talking about kind of getting the radical piece start walking across and getting into the growth zone and the growth zone isn't necessarily comfortable but you can kind of control your comfort level but at least get into the growth zone is what i'm hearing you say yeah and, it is and to be real absolutely authentic i mean that's the key if you're not people can see through it like rice paper anyway so you've got nothing to lose by being completely authentic people are hungry to see people um be authentic authentic about your failures, yeah. authentic about your who you are. And people love that. And um, it's very powerful for a leader to, to tune into that. Man, great stuff that you're talking about there. I mean, it's on the surface when you people think of talking energy and everything else, but it just resonates true with so many um, truths of leadership that just have existed. They're just there. No one invented these things. They just exist as, as eternal truths as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And I think for me, if there's one message, you know, I want everyone to hear, it is that the world of business has evolved. It's continuing to evolve, you know, and you just got to ask yourself, you know, are you going along for the ride? Because that's literally what it is when I say the difference between a particle and a wave. It's about you becoming, and so I'm going to go a little bit energetic here, the strong, clear vibration in the world that you're meant to be, because that to me is true leadership. And there's a ton now of research around the energy aspect of leadership from people like Richard Boyatzis um, at Northwestern University. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just amazing what they're now showing on MRI scans and the way that just somebody who shows up with a strong energetic presence, they don't have to speak, they don't have to say anything, just their presence actually is transformational. It makes a difference because we now know, because we've seen neurons firing in other people's brains, 
just in the very presence of somebody who is fully attuned to their energy. So we've got the science that backs this up now. So it's not woo-woo. It's absolutely the new reality that we're living into. And so it is about evolving. It's about this transformational change. And it's about, you know, for me, I do believe that the minute you think you know is the minute that you're lost. Yeah. Because it's about continuously opening to this space that we don't yet know. And it's this, the new business models are now emerging. And it's about really, you know, are you contributing to this evolution? Or, you know, are you part of the problem? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think think the command and control style of business has, there was a time and place for it? Or do you think that it's never, that that what you're talking about here, and I know you're saying that it's, and I've never really thought about this, that it's really transforming. But was there a time and place where it was command and control or nothing? Or has, has this yes. type... Yeah. Talk to me about that. And I think, you know, if you look at Newtonian physics, what I'd say about command and control leadership is exactly what I would say about Newtonian physics. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that it's a severely limited worldview. Right. Because it actually cuts out the potential that you have. So if you think of it from a leadership perspective, it cuts out the potential of all those people underneath you because you're really putting a straitjacket on them and telling them what to do. So it really depends on the person at the top and the power and the skill set and the competence level at the top. Whereas now leadership's inclusive, you know, and I know you know that, Richard, but it really is about, you know, getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. That's right. You know, it's that positive contribution. And it's all about meaning now. Business is not transactional anymore. It's about I align with with your business or I come and work for you because this is who it means that I become by aligning myself with your brand. Businesses now that are very successful globally are more like movements. Yes. Because they're very clear what they take a stand for in the world. Same with leaders. They're very clear what they take a stand for. You know, the successful people are taking a stand in the world. They're not just leading transactionally with whatever their job role suggests they do. Yeah, that's definitely something I've learned over the last six months, especially doing the podcast. Uh, this is this is probably that the sixth or seventh conversation I've had with somebody where, we, where we've talked about that, and I've seen it, and I've talked to a handful of entrepreneurs, and I've talked to seasoned CEOs that are well into their seventies. They've all said the same thing: that look, yeah. I mean, the way the way to succeed is you gotta you gotta be tapped into the the, the purpose, and the ones that are. Um, really attuned to the global purpose and the alignment, like you said. I mean that that is where everything's heading, and, and that's where the success lies. And it's exciting to see it too, because you can get uh, tapped into a lot of negativity about what's going on with the economy and the world and everything else. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that are doing some great things, knocking it out of the park. That are tuned into what you talked about there. That are tuned into their purpose. Yeah. And they know what they're doing. So I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, this is exciting stuff. Um, where, where is uh, where can people find you? Give a plug to where people can connect with you. Certainly. Well, I've, I've two main websites. So the first one is Jay Morello International, which you can find me at www.jmorello.com. And then if there are any coaches that are watching, I also have my coaching brand where I teach coaches how to actually develop the resonance in alignment with their coaching, and that's at www.resonantcoaching.com. Awesome. I'll have links to this on the post. Guys, Shane, I can't tell you how fun it was to, to talk. The the 35 minutes went by so quick. And um, I'm, I'm, 
I'll have to have you come back. We'll talk about maybe I'm starting to do theme podcasts. I'm asking some folks, and so maybe you and I can pick a theme, and we can focus on that for thirty minutes or so. So. Again, that would be great. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. You're so passionate about leadership, Richard. It, the pleasure was all mine. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And again, thanks for coming on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks.